hot rod man. Yeah, I'm a hot rod man. Look out, little mama. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from Cat Swamp Road in Warren County, New Jersey. And I want to thank you so much for joining me here today. And uh, it is probably Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, and you're tuned into Rural Radio Series XM Channel 147. Or it is Sunday, and you caught the re-air of the show on Sirius XM at 6 p.m. Eastern. Or you are listening to this one week later as a podcast on Farm Machinery Digest Radio. So now you know all the places that you could, uh, excuse me, the podcast is available at farmmachinerydigest.com. That is the radio show as a podcast one week after it airs. I got to get this straightened out myself, right? I expect you to understand it and follow along when I can't follow along myself. But hey, that's what you get with a guy from Cat Swamp Road, just a dry land sweet corn farmer. Not too much going on, right? So that is that, and I hopefully, God willing, everything is going well in your life and in your operation and that the winter has not been too harsh, not too bad here so far. But I have to be honest with you, I don't know, I'm feeling it more this year. Maybe because the year before we had no snow. But uh, hey, it is what it is, and thank God we're recharging the water table. So that is all good, right? And uh, if it you have a cold winter, well, it wasn't really cold. If you have a snowy winter, and it's, it's not really snowy either, because... We've had, years ago, we had much more snow than we had here so far this year. But I guess you get spoiled. You have a, uh, just like when you get good prices for your crop, right? And then the next year, the prices go down, you, you get spoiled. I'm not selling my corn for that much money. I got this much last year. Well, that is the ebb and flow of life and the ebb, of, ebb and flow, certainly, of agriculture. It's the, you can't stay in one place too long and you can't get too emotional about it. But... What we're going to talk about today is a big change that I have seen, and I think that you have seen it also, I'm sure you have seen it, in the ability to keep a farm machine for decades, because according to the statistics for what they're worth, right, maybe there's fake news in there, but based upon going to the growers' meetings, I would say it's probably right, because to see a gray hair, including mine... But uh, they said that the average farmer is, in, I think, around late 50s or 60 years old. So, And I, I believe that's probably <clears throat> very accurate. That does not mean that there's not their children or grandchildren coming up be, you know, behind them. But that average farmer is about that age. And since they are that age, that means that they came from an era in agriculture that was taught to them usually by their grandparents and their parents and what have you, where you bought a piece, you invested, not bought, right? Because an investment you expect to have a return, a financial return on. When you purchase something, all you expect to get is a bill in the mail, right? So the thing is that they had, they made an investment in a tractor, in a combine, in a sprayer, in some sort of mechanized piece of equipment, not necessarily a plow, or even though, hey, that's a bad word today, we're not supposed to plow, all right, uh, or a field cultivator, but something that is, has a more level of complexity. And they expected, they had the expectations, is the proper way for me to say that sentence, of keeping it and running it on their operation for decades, not just years, for decades. 
when when my family bought our farm long before I was born, uh, and they got got with the farm. I believe it's a 1936 or 1937 Hart Par Oliver Row Crop 70. And that was the first tractor I drove, and maybe it's six or seven years old. Uh, I've told you the story before. My dad put a, uh, a, a milk crate on the back of the seat because I couldn't reach the clutch, and so I had to sit further up by the steering wheel. But that tractor, and we used that tractor for years, granted, all it had was a drawbar, but it was at that Continental engine. It was a powerhouse, right? And we had the expectations of using it for years. And then uh, when I bought our farm's first new tractor, which sadly now is 22 years old, but because we had always used equipment, that that's new to me. But I bought my new Holland tractor in 2002. And so to me, that's still the new tractor, right? It's new. That I had, I said to my wife, God willing, I'm going to go to the grave farming with this tractor. So there was that expectation of owning something and having, and having it be functional for decades. Sadly, I know that that expectation is still there, but it is no longer realistic because of the complexity of today's equipment. So that is what we're going to discuss, all right, because I because it, it is what it is, right? But you need to recognize that, and you need to recognize the potential pitfalls, and you need to also arrange your business model with that recognition. So I'm going to ask you to sit pat during this short sponsor break, and never forget agriculture runs on machinery, but profits on reliability. It's Mad Dog Unleashed with Christopher Mad Dog Russo. I don't have to know everybody! Hear the passion. Be aggressive. Get something done. Hear the knowledge. The game, folks, is about two plays, and that's what it comes down to. Hear the personality. I'm going to start here in an angry mood. Get somebody on the radio! That has made him a sports talk legend. Does that make any sense to you? Dodge are crazy. It's Mad Dog Unleashed with Christopher Russo. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82, or anytime on the Sirius XM app. Hi, I'm Bob Phillips. And I'm Kelly Phillips. Texas is a big place, and we've seen it all. Every week, we travel the back roads to find the most interesting places and passionate people in the Lone Star State. And every week, we invite you to hop in and travel with us. Join us for our weekly journey into the small towns and big hearts of the Texans we discover on Texas Country Reporter. Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern, right here on Rural Radio, Channel 147, exclusively on Sirius XM. Get more from your go-to station on Sirius XM Channel 147 by following us on social media at Rural Radio 147. Stay connected, stay informed, and be a part of the rural lifestyle. Search for Rural Radio 147 on your favorite social platforms and follow us today. Listen in and be a part of the discussion on Rural Radio, your agribusiness and western lifestyle channel, right here on Sirius XM. Get everything we've got for 2024 with an annual subscription to Cowboy Channel Plus. Sign up today at CowboyChannelPlus.com and get on-demand access to the 2023 Encore of the National Finals Rodeo. The Texas Swing, over 950 live rodeo performances, and the 2024 NFR. Start the year off right by subscribing to Cowboy Channel Plus and start watching the Cowboy Channel today. 
Alrighty, my friends, welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. And if you're tuning in for the first time, uh, my name is Ray Bohax, a.k.a. the Hot Rod Farmer from Cat Swamp Road in Hackettstown, Warren County, New Jersey. All right, so hey, full disclosure, that's where this is coming from. But as we start to say, or as I start to say with you in the first segment, is that it is my opinion and I think it's a educated opinion. I mean that respectfully. It's not something that I like to enjoy talking about. Um, is that the days of keeping a piece of farm equipment functional? When I'm talking, as I said in the opening segment, talking about a motorized piece of equipment, uh, are, for decades are is over. It's over. Now the same thing is true with, with vehicles, whether it's a farm truck or whether it's a car. But I'm not overly concerned with that and because they have a limited function in your life and they have a limited financial expenditure but you go buy a new tractor today three four five six hundred thousand dollars right you buy a top of the line sprayer with all the bells and whistles on it five six seven eight hundred thousand dollars everything is you buy a, a, a the biggest combine whatever brand it is they're all priced more or less the same and you get it and you have you're farming a lot of acres and you have a uh, you're doing corn and soybeans you have a 40 foot draper head you have a huge corn head a chopping head you got a million dollars invested in that if not more right so you know the idea of buying a seventy eighty thousand dollar pickup truck though i think is insane all right, I'm, no, I'm not knocking anybody who bought, who buys one, but I think the price of the trucks are absolutely insane because the, the load you're carrying, and I don't know that the truck costs $70,000, all right, is really, uh, in the scheme of life, in the scheme of your business, it's not really going to make that much of a difference. But your farm machinery will. So what is the problem? In the problem is, is the complexity of today's farm machines and the complexity is rooted in electronics it's not rooted in mechanical complexity though there is all right you'll have you'll have engines that have more automotive style functions in them design functions in them but the mechanical complexity in equipment is really not an issue the mechanical stuff they have nailed down pretty good and i'm not saying they do not have the electronics complexity that nailed down but by nature of its design by nature of what it is electronics it is much more susceptible to having problems and because the circuits are integrated all right say god forbid right you burn a valve on an engine you could go buy a valve right it's one valve so i burned number two intake valve all right so you could buy you could take the head off and buy number two intake valve but when it comes to these electronics and all this integration this complexity you cannot purchase sometimes you cannot purchase it without purchasing a whole module or a or a whole subsection we'll call it so that is where the problem comes about but let me expand upon it a little bit all right in engineering we have a term it's not politically correct and it's called kiss i've used it before on this show and uh it's K-I-S-S. It's an acronym, right? All capitals. Keep it simple, stupid. The fact of the matter is, whether we like to admit it or not, whether the companies like to admit it or not, that complexity brings to the owner the potential for a lot of problems. So where is case in point? 
Now most vehicles, most farm machines are drive by wire. So it means there's no more throttle cable. When you step on the throttle, you're stepping on a sensor. So, and that sensor is sending an electronic signal to the ECU to do something to raise the RPM of that engine, whether it's on a tractor, whether it's a pickup truck or what have you. So we've taken this, the industry has taken this very simplistic thing, a cable, right? That, that, uh, for years would never never break or maybe worst case scenario would stretch and they made this complex electronic circuit so whenever you add complexity to any machine you are adding a potential problem all right so the thing is that the more complexity the more problems just like if you have a house you build a house and you have very architecturally beautifully designed house with a lot of peaks in the roof, very, very beautiful, right? Then anybody who's a roofer or a construction, I'll tell you, more peaks, more leaks. As an engineer, more complexity, the more potential problem areas you have. All right, so now, the next thing with this complexity is that because of the complexity and the, elect- and it's really the electronics on today's equipment, that's really what it is, uh, is very costly to diagnose and it's very costly to repair so for instance if you are a podcast listener you'll learn that my little ford fiesta my car i use every day and uh i mean it has a quarter of a million miles on it so i'll get you know that's and i've had zero problems with it but ended up having a problem with what they call the accelerator pedal position sensor which basically is the gas pedal sensor all right, that replaced the the old throttle cable, and the that sensor cost four hundred dollars, and uh, it was three hundred eighty something dollars for that sensor at my cost, and I did the repair myself, did the diagnosis myself. But that sensor also works with an electric motor that opens up the throttle body, which is another seven hundred dollars if that goes bad. So basically. Thank God the the sensor only went bad, but th- that probably means at a quarter million miles that the motor on the throttle body that opens the throttle plate is probably not that far behind. So now I would have, if I replaced both of them, I would have $700 in parts for what was maybe a $50 cable that never went bad. I honestly have never put a throttle cable in any one of my vehicles in my whole career. All right, Never. Never, never put a throttle cable, but I have the potential now of putting a better part of a thousand dollars into electronics to do the same thing that I did when I stepped on the gas in my '68 Dodge Dart or my my old Ford Escort to open the throttle. So that now translates into your farm tractor, your combine, your sprayer. So that complexity is very costly to repair. And lots of times, because the manufacturers want to make a, make it modular so that they could assemble it very easily in a factory, is that you may have one circuit go bad in this module, this controller, and that controller operates five or six other things, but this simplistic circuit goes bad. Now you have to buy this whole module for two or three thousand dollars. All right, uh, to uh, because of the one little circuit goes bad. And usually, what happens is a ten cent part in electronics that that is failing. So that is so that's the second problem. And we're building a stair step here, and it's not a stair stairway to heaven. Let me tell you. So now 
The other thing that is happening, <clears throat> excuse me, in farm equipment is that so we have this complexity, all right? The complexity is costly to repair and replace it. Hey, if it, if it doesn't break on you, you're golden, right? The next thing is that the complexity connects many different systems together. So for instance, you have a farm tractor and you have an ECU that runs the tier four engine. That same ECU in lots of applications is controlling the transmission, whether it's a CVT or not. So now you basically have all of the controls into this one electronic unit. So if one part of that unit goes bad, all right, it is now fun. It has a it has an effect on something else. Whereas years ago, everything was independent. If you had a pump line nozzle diesel, all right, it didn't care about the alternator. It didn't care about the transmission. If you had a regular transmission in a farm tractor, it didn't care about the about the pump or the injection pump. It didn't care. It was totally divorced from it. But what this complexity is doing is integrating everything. And then they have these CAN bus systems, they have low-speed CAN bus, which is computer, uh, <clears throat> computer-aided network, all right? And uh, <clears throat> they have all of these systems together, and everything is talking to one another, and you're sitting in that farm tractor. And that tractor, for instance, during planting, its whole task, and what, no, we're not talking about data coming from the planter or <clears throat> a 2020 seed sense or something like that, because that brings intrinsic value to you. But the whole idea, this other, this other garbage is bringing complexity and integration. And when you're planting that seed in the ground and you're putting that seed in the ground, it's not going to make any difference to that yield of that crop, whether that tractor had a throttle cable, <clears throat> excuse me, or it had a drive-by-wire system. It made no difference. It's not going to make any difference whatsoever. But when it breaks and it fails, then it's going to make a big difference because that could potentially keep you out of the field because of this connectivity, <coughs> excuse me, of these systems, all right? So that, so that is a major, major problem. Now, so you could say to yourself, all right, hot rod, I really don't care about that, all right? Fine. It's like anything. It's like a life insurance policy. If it never breaks, if you never die, then you don't need it, right? But obviously, we all die, will die one day. But what I am very, very concerned about is that, and why I say that you, it's going to be impossible for you to keep these machines functional for decades on your farm, is because this complexity is going to also open the door for a lot of electrical issues, even though if the part doesn't fail. You have a mouse get in there and eat the can bus. You have a mouse get in there and make a nest and he uses, he urinates on the connection, all right? And the connection becomes corroded because of their urine, all right? You have moisture get in. You have the insulation breaks down over time on a wire. That's a natural phenomena. And now moisture gets in and messes up this, this whole computerized engine management, transmission, steering system, what have you, all right? So that is really a, a big problem that is going to be faced down the road. Maybe not today, but you could have a 2024 tractor, then you bought it and you, get, you, you, you parked it in the barn, in the shed, right? And then during the winter, mice get in there and eat something. You got a nightmare. And then the manufacturer says, well, mice eating wires is not under warranty. 
all right so you have this whole put you have this whole potential problem but the thing that i'm really concerned about which i'm going to touch on right after we come back from the break is the the reality that these manufacturers are going to obsolete these parts so if you wanted to keep a tractor for 22 years 30 years all right because you have a million dollars invested in this in this piece of equipment or half a million dollars whatever and you want to amortize that over 22 or 30 years you want to give it to your son all right you're going to find one day very soon that you can say well i need an xyz module to start my xyz tractor and you're going to go to the dealer and say sorry that that part has been obsoleted and that's what we are going and that is my big 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 concern uh about all of this complexity so just sit pat during the short break and we will finish up when we come back crew let's ranch it up join me jeff hicker Earhart. Tigger. Every week, right here on the Ranch It Up radio show, we talk the cow stuff. Some rodeo action. Cowboys. Markets. The latest cow country news, sale barn reports, and everything in between. The Ranch It Up radio show every Saturday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time, right here, Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM. This week on Rural Radio. The PRCA's run through Texas has begun with the Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo. This week, the best cowboys and cowgirls across North America ride in Texas. Tune in Monday through Saturday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, and on Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern. The undisputed leader in Western sports is Rural Radio 147 on Sirius XM. Listen to Rural Radio anytime, Sirius XM Channel 147, and the Sirius XM app. This is Capri Cafaro, host of Eat Your Heartland Out. Every week we explore the rich yet often overlooked culinary depth of the American Midwest. Together we'll learn about the foodways of our region through compelling interviews with a variety of guests, each of whom highlight a unique thread in the Midwestern culinary tapestry. Tune in for Eat Your Heartland Out, Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio, Sirius XM 147. Hi, I'm Ty Morgan, host of U.S. Farm Report. Join me each weekend as we explore the news and issues that matter the most to agriculture. From taking a deep dive into the volatile markets to sharing compelling stories that capture the heart of rural America, as well as custom commentary from John Phipps. We cover it all every weekend right here on Channel 147 on Sirius XM. U.S. Farm Report, a timely, trusted tradition. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. So what I'm really concerned with is that the ops, that, that these part, these electrical, electronic components are definitely going to become obsolete. Uh, there's no two ways about it. So you may say to yourself, well, it'll be an aftermarket company. Don't count on it, buddy. There may be to a certain extent. They're a business like anybody else. They need to be able to to uh, have access to these boards. There's a lot, it's it's not like rebuilding a carburetor and cutting the gasket out and then making it, buying a needle and seat and putting it in there. Uh, a very good friend of mine has a, a CNC a machine shop. He had a beautiful, I think it was a Cincinnati Millicron um, mill, milling machine that he had. Loved it. It was beautiful. I uh, had a 
it had a, a specific control system on it for CNC, and that went bad. Uh, the company who made it, uh, Cincinnati Millicron, says we no longer service it. It's 25 years old. They use a Fanuc, F-A-N-U-C, is the, it's like the Chevrolet today of, uh, of CNC controls. We use a Fanuc system now, Fanuc, whatever they pronounce it. He ended up putting this beautiful lathe in the dump, in the, in, the, in the scrap heap, all right? The thing was gorgeous because he couldn't get a controller for it. And that, sadly, is what's going to happen in my estimation, from my automotive experience with farm equipment. So how do you insulate yourself from it? Well, the first thing is you need to do is talk to your CPA and you need to make a plan. As much as I am against leasing, all right, but you wouldn't, but leasing is an option, or if you want to purchase, purchase and trade in early. You can't keep this stuff 20 or 30 years. You can't fall in love with it. Those days are over. I also suggest investing in an extended warranty. A lot of manufacturers have extended warranty with the farm equipment. So if you want to buy <clears throat> instead of a lease, you get the extended warranty. And then before the warranty expires, you get rid of it. So that's why you need to talk to your CPA and you need to make a business plan that's going to have you... Ha- be able to financially handle that, all right, the extended warranty and the constant trade-in or lease, at least expiration, new lease, new lease equipment, all right, but who I do feel sorry for, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart, is the second and third owner of that piece of equipment, a young person that is looking to go into farming, they're not even a young person, that their agricultural business is not as strong as yours, and the person who could buy new never has a problem, he says, I get rid of it, I'll buy a new one, who cares, right? It's the second and third owner of that machine. And that second and third owner is the one that's going to run into all of the obstacles that you would have if you kept that 10, 20, 30 years and tried to use it, not keep it for it to sit in the garage in the shop and polish it. And that person does not have, the, sadly, the usually the financial wherewithal to be able to to absorb that whereas if you have a very strong and dynamic business and you can afford to lease five million dollars worth of equipment new equipment every three or four years then you're in a different demographic than the second third or fourth owner of that machine and if the second guy buys it and, and he, he's you know he says hey i'm okay i could buy this right so it's eight hundred thousand dollar combine but he bought it for two hundred fifty thousand and he says i got to keep this for 10 years he's going to run into those problems all right that's that's a reality of life and that is really who i am my heart bleeds for because that person is not going to be able to deal with these or he's going to have a three hundred thousand dollar machine all right that he bought that's two or three years old and it's going to be sidelined and it's going to be junk like my friend's cnc mill because that electronic part is obsolete and he can't find it anywhere nobody makes an aftermarket replacement nobody could fix it what have you so it's a big 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 problem and it has to be recognized if it is not recognized now financially you're going to run into some real issues down the road so please make your business model around that and you know, reach out to me at Hot Rod Farmer at FarmMachineryDigest.com if you want to argue that. But it is, is something that is very, very 
detrimental to the lifeblood of agriculture. So you have a blessed day. And I want to thank you so much for listening. And know what the Hot Rod Farmer is pulling for you, the American farmer and rancher my beloved America. And be kind to all animals. Kinder Outdoors can be heard weekends on rural radio at 9 a.m. East Coast, 8 Central and 6 out West. We unashamedly celebrate the precious heritage that our forefathers handed down to us. Hunting, fishing, trapping, and shooting. We believe that these are God-given rights, and we give praise to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the blessing. I want to invite you to our camp this weekend at 9 Eastern, 8 Central, and learn more about us at kinderoutdoors.com. See you in the camp house this weekend on Rural Radio Channel 147. How can you make more profit from your soybeans this year? I'm Darren Hefty. We'll answer that question at our free Ag PhD Soybean Agronomy Workshop Thursday, February 8th at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. We'll dive deep into your best options for control of yield-robbing pests, trade options including Extend Flex and Enlist, Fertility, and much more. If you want to make raising beans more lucrative and more fun, come to the free Ag PhD Soybean Agronomy Workshop. Learn more at agphd.com. Relag Radio is Canada's only daily radio show focused on agriculture. Get expert advice on Agronomic Monday. Tuesdays and Wednesdays will cover a broad range of issues. Thursday, we'll hear from farmers across the country on the Farmer Rabbit Fire. And we'll wrap things up Fridays with the Relag Issues panel with Kelvin Hepner and Lindsay Smith. Join us Monday through Friday at 4.30 Eastern. And don't forget about the replay at 7 in the morning on Rural Radio 147, Sirius XM. Hi, I'm Capri Cafaro, the host of Eat Your Heartland Out, where we explore the rich yet often overlooked culinary depth of the American Midwest. Together, we'll learn about the foodways of our region. So tune in every Sunday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio, Sirius XM 147. I am Steve Gage from Grapevine, Texas, and I listen to Rural Radio 147 on Sirius XM.